Today on Podcast Royal, Kate plays piano in a one-shoulder gown, a new member of the royal family joins the podcasting space, and Earthshot Prize Awards are headed to a new continent, plus the car chase that's on everyone's mind. We've got all that and more on episode 94 of Podcast Royal. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Podcast Royal. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Good. How are you? <laughs> Rachel got a case of the giggles. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, everybody. Hi. Um, it's our post-coronation episode, and I want to mention at the top of the episode that we will break down the coronation. We are obviously very aware that it happened and our thoughts about it in our next episode, but we wanted to tackle the news today so that this episode didn't go incredibly long. So stay tuned next week for our coronation thoughts. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the Royal Rundown because we're short on time today and we've got a lot to cover. Um, Want to start off with a Royal surprise. So, you know, none of us were really expecting to see the Princess of Wales playing the piano again last Saturday. But as I said, surprise, surprise, we saw her playing the opening of the 2023 Eurovision Song Contest, and the video of her playing was absolutely beautiful. So listeners who may not know, Eurovision is an international songwriting contest by the European Broadcasting Union with contestants representing countries all across Europe and beyond. So last year, Ukraine won the competition. So we saw Catherine, who joined them in the drawing room at Windsor Castle recently to perform their music for this year's contest opening. And I have to say, this video of her playing the piano, Rachel, was exactly what comes to my mind when I think of royalty. Mm-hmm. You know, the drawing room, it's so grand and gorgeous, Mm -hmm. got this deep red and gold colors. You know, we saw candelabras gently lighting the room. There was natural daylight pouring through the windows, really highlighting her as she sat at the, you know, black grand piano playing. And of course, like I said, at the top of the episode, she was wearing this stunning blue one shoulder dress. It cascaded over the piano seat, perfectly puddled on the floor. And it was just gorgeous. So for listeners who may not remember, we saw last time she played the piano was 
the Christmas Carol concert back in 2021. And I remember at that time, Rachel, we talked about how we had only just learned that she even knew how to play the piano. That was a surprise then. I know. And she's just a woman of many talents. She can do anything. So that was a really fun surprise. Uh, Listeners, if you haven't checked that out, go do that. And speaking of competitions, we've got some news on the Earthshot Prize. Yes, we do. And the third Earthshot Prize Awards will be in, drumroll please, Singapore. So, of course, the first year the awards was in London. Then last year it was in Boston. And now it's in Singapore. And it will begin on Monday, November 6th, which is roughly about a month earlier than Boston was last year. I have a feeling just based on the pattern and who knows if I'm right, that they will take it to a different continent each year. So we've got Europe, North America, now Asia, and who knows what continent will be next. So I'm excited for that to happen. And it's again, it's earlier than it was last year. So November will be here before we know it. Well, we saw you in Boston. Are we going to see you in Singapore? I would have to ask Marie Claire that. I would love to be in Singapore. I don't know, but that would be incredible. That would be fun. Make this an annual occasion. Moving on this week, Catherine also visited Bath, England to meet youth with the Dame Kelly Holmes Trust. So through the trust, there's an organization which provides wellness support for children struggling with mental health challenges and needs specially focused attention in that area. During her visit, she met with youth ages 11 to 19 who are involved in the On Track to Achieve program, which is actually led by Liz Johnson, a Paralympic gold medalist, and she's working to help them learn how to manage their stress and their mental health in really healthy ways. So I thought that was a really cool trip she went on. Um, And while she was there, she actually played some games, and she was looking really sunny and bright in these white pants paired with a white ribbed top, a white belt, and then she had a yellow blazer and, of course, her Veja sneakers that she wears all the time. (laughs) So very appropriate for a day with kids. And, you know, the yellow color actually coordinated really nicely with the branding for the Dame Kelly Holmes Trust. So, you know, always thoughtful in her fashion. Mm -hmm. And Rachel, of course, I thought this again, blazers really seem to be in regular rotation for her lately. Yeah. And I love it. I love it when she pulls out a blazer. And by the way, I covered the blue color that is so prominent within the royal family, especially Camilla for Marie Claire. So listeners, please check out that article. We talked, we've talked about it copious times on the show and I finally wrote an article about it so and now Kate is in her blazer season but she always has been she's always loved blazers and she looks great in them well I actually came across your article recently and read it I meant to text you about that it was great yeah what'd you think I loved it really good job Thank you. Well, we have a new Royal podcaster on the scene, and this one is actually a member or technically a former member anyway of the Royal family. And that would be Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York, who is launching a weekly podcast called Tea Talks with the Duchess and Sarah. That's not like she has multiple personalities and she's the Duchess and Sarah. There's actually a co-host named Sarah Thompson, but talk about that in a second. The podcast debuts next week. So Fergie, of course, is not the first royal podcaster. Her daughter Eugenie had a podcast. And of course, Megan has archetypes as well. So Fergie, as I said, will co-host the show with entrepreneur Sarah Thompson. Fergie says she will be spilling the tea on the show. So of course I'll be listening and she's already spilling some tea. She revealed that her daughter Eugenie, who I just mentioned a moment ago, is due any minute with her second child. Yay, that's so exciting. Yes, more royal babies to love. 
Well, Fergie is going to be busy writing books, podcasting, and, you know, possibly relocating from Royal Lodge to Frogmore Cottage. So more on that, hopefully in the future, we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But she's not the only one on Royal Grounds who is looking like they're going to be moving. I don't know if you saw this story, Rachel, but Angela Kelly, the late Queen's dresser, is actually moving out of Windsor to the Peak District. Did you see that story? I did see that story come across. Yes, I did. Listeners may remember following the Queen's death, we actually discussed her living situation because she had been reassured by Queen Elizabeth that she would be provided somewhere to live even when she was no longer serving the monarch. So for reference, when a monarch passes, there can be changes in staff and people who have been in positions for years could face losing a job or being transferred to another role or, you know, even possibly losing their living spaces. Listeners probably know if they followed along with the royal family for very long that Angela Kelly had become more than a staff member to Queen Elizabeth. You know, the two were really best friends, and she worked for her for nearly three decades. Although she is being moved out of Windsor Castle, King Charles has actually honored the monarch's commitment and has purchased her a new home in the Peak District, which is just about two and a half hours from Windsor. So she'll be able to stay there, and following her passing, the home will return back to the crown. She actually shared a photo on her Instagram account of her garden in Windsor, and she commented on the photo, getting ready to say goodbye. I am moving at last to my new home, which I will be able to call my home at last. She also shared a reel today of someone singing a song, and the lyrics were, I'm going to quote them here, when your heart is feeling heavy and your mind is full of worry, don't forget you've made it this far. You never know what's on its way to you. You never know what's around the corner. The good and bad times in the past have brought you right to this moment. Every chance and every fall has shaped you into who you are. So don't worry, just look around. Good things will come wherever you're going. So it sounds like she's feeling all the emotions about this and trying to step into this new chapter. But I think she's hopefully really happy with this transition. You know, she'll be able to have her own place away from the royal hustle and bustle and really enjoy her retirement. So sending lots of love and well wishes to Angela Kelly on her new journey and much appreciation to King Charles for providing her with a place to live. Yeah, that was definitely the right thing to do. And I know that Angela Kelly meant so much to her late majesty. And so good job to the king for honoring that. And before we get into the latest Kate engagement. I just read today that her parents, Carol and Michael Middleton, just sold party pieces. Their party supply business, I think they've had party pieces since 1987. So that's wow. nearly as long as we've been alive. So it's been around for a minute. Um, they sold to entrepreneur James Sinclair. So even though I'm sure it was the right move for them, I'm no, I no doubt that that has to feel bittersweet. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that news. I was not expecting that today, but Back to Kate, she stepped out and continued her work for Mental Health Awareness Week at the Anna Freud Center, where she talked to experts about the latest research in mental health and talked to students about tackling anxiety. So Kate is a patron of the center and has been a longtime supporter. I'm sure we've talked about it on the show, and I am a big fan of all of this work around mental health awareness. It is so needed and so necessary. And before we get into likely the biggest Harry and Meghan story of the week, I'm sure listeners, you know what that is. I wanted to also make mention that a piece ran in the New Yorker from spare ghostwriter J.R. Moringer that I found very interesting. I encourage all of you listeners to check it out. He talks about Harry and he having a fight over the content in spare. Um, he talks about visiting Montecito and Meghan bringing him goodies out to the guest house and 
It's a very interesting piece. And we also saw Harry and Megan take part in their own mental health awareness event, talking about social media with teens in Santa Barbara earlier this week. Tomorrow, actually, the 19th is, or I guess today, is, as that is when this episode will come out, is the Sussex's fifth wedding anniversary. Unbelievably, I can't believe it's been five years. So happy anniversary to them and what a week they've had. Quite the week. <laughs> okay, Rachel, let's get into the big best story everyone is waiting for. So Harry, Megan, and her mom, Doria, were in New York City for the Women of Vision Awards, and we'll talk about that first. But the next day, news broke that they were in a high-speed car chase with paparazzi, according to their spokesperson. Now more details have come out that seem to conflict with some of their claims and has a lot of eyebrows raising. So let's dive into the full story. Why don't you start with telling us about the event? Yes. So as you said, Megan was honored at the 2023 Women of Vision Awards in New York City on Tuesday. She brought along Harry and her mom, Doria Ragland, as surprise guests. And at the event, Megan wore a gorgeous strapless gold dress by Johanna Ortiz. And once they left the event, they walked out to a car. There were several photographers taking photos, as to be expected. They didn't seem to mind. Megan was smiling. It all seemed to be okay. Everyone looked to be keeping their distance. And then... So like I mentioned, the next day, a statement was released from their spokesperson stating, last night, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Miss Raglan were involved in a near catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. This relentless pursuit lasting over two hours resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two NYPD police officers. While being a public figure comes with a level of interest from the public, it should never come at the cost of anyone's safety. Dissemination of these images, given the ways in which they were obtained, encourages a highly intrusive practice that is dangerous to all involved. So this story starts spreading like wildfire across the news once that statement was dropped. And I have to say, Rachel, as soon as I saw the headlines, I thought... Uh, something seemed a little off about this. It didn't really seem quite right to me, but I know you've got some more details. Yeah. So then we get a statement from the NYPD saying on Tuesday evening, May 16th, the NYPD assisted the private security team protecting the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. There were numerous photographers that made their transport challenging. The Duke and Duchess arrived at their destination and there were no reported collisions, summonses, injuries, or arrests in regard. So we also heard from the mayor of New York City, he said, you shouldn't be speeding anywhere. It's a densely populated city. He went on to say, I would find it hard to believe that there was a two hour high speed chase. But then he followed up noting that even if it was a 10 minute chase, it would be extremely dangerous in New York City. I have to admit, I thought the same thing. It's very, It would be very difficult to have a high speed chase in New York City. If you've ever been to New York City, you know that that would be if you're in the city, at least it would be near impossible to have a high speed chase. Although I guess they you know, they said it was a near catastrophic. They didn't say it was a high speed chase. But anyway, the mayor finished by saying we have a lot of traffic, a lot of movement, a lot of people are using our streets. Any type of high speed chase that involves something of that nature is inappropriate. So next, we start hearing from others involved. You know, it's been reported that Harry and Meghan had their own private security vehicles and drivers to transport them. After leaving the event in their own security car, they were said to stop, get out, and choose to complete their trip in a yellow New York City taxi. We've seen photos of them in the taxi. You know, it was noted in the photos, at least, they weren't wearing seatbelts. Harry's holding his phone up, appearing to take video or photos. So... 
anyway, the taxi driver has released a statement and he said, I don't think I would call it a chase. I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie. They were quiet and seemed scared, but it's New York. It's safe. So finally, we get a statement from Backgrid, um, the paparazzi agency there that had photographers taking photos. Now, Backgrid gives quite a lengthy statement, and I'm probably going to skip over some of it, but essentially, they acknowledge the claims of Harry's spokesperson that they heard that. And then they go on to tell their side. They say, we want to clarify that we've received photos and videos from last night's event from our free four freelance photographers, three of whom were in cars, and one of who was riding a bicycle. It's important to note that these photographers have a professional responsibility to cover newsworthy events and personalities, including public figures such as Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. According to accounts given by the freelance contributors, they were covering the couple's stay in NYC, including the possibility of a dinner after an awards ceremony. They had no intention of causing any distress or harm as their only tool was their cameras. A few of the photos even show Meghan Markle smiling inside a cab. The photographers report that one of the four SUVs from Prince Harry's security escort was driving in a manner that could be perceived as reckless. The vehicle was seen blocking off streets, and in one video, it is shown to be pulled over by police. We understand that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's security detail had a job to do, and we respect their work. And then they finish saying, we do, however, want to point out that, according to the photographers present, there were no near collisions or near crashes during this incident. The photographers have reported feeling the couple was not in immediate danger at any point. So today, it was reported that Harry and Meghan's legal team actually demanded Batgrid provide them with copies of all the photos, videos, and films taken Tuesday night. Backgrid's lawyer rejected their request, saying, and he got a little spicy, he said, in America, as I'm sure you know, property belongs to the owner of it. Third parties cannot just demand it be given to them, as perhaps kings can do. Perhaps you should sit down with your client and advise them that his English rules of royal prerogative to demand that the citizenry hand over their property to the crown were rejected by this country long ago. We stand by our founding fathers. Jeez. Okay. So, wow. Okay, Rachel, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I think it will all come out in the wash, but I, I am positive that that had to be extraordinarily triggering for Harry, um, especially considering that being chased by the paparazzi is how his mother died um, 25, nearly only on 26 years ago. Um, we have to, I guess we have to remember that it said near catastrophic. So it, I don't think it ever said high speed chase, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, a two hour car chase seems like an eternity. And I just, um, again, I think that it will all come out in the wash. I can only imagine again, that it was incredibly triggering for Harry, especially, but also for everyone involved. I've read subsequent follow-ups that say that Everybody, Harry, Megan, Ms. Raglan were terrified. I don't doubt that. I um, I don't doubt that the paparazzi was aggressive. And I just, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I think that Harry and Megan speaking out about it through their spokesperson says how seriously they took this and they should. And I have not see, actually seen any of the photos because I wrote about it briefly yesterday and then, um, but I, I haven't, and, and I don't think I want to really, it feels kind of icky, kind of like, I mean, thank God nobody died, but it feels kind of like 
you know, looking at the photos of Diana's crash, like, and again, there was no crash, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, Harry's obviously very sensitive to this. And um, as, as would be anybody that loves him as Megan and, you know, Ms. Raglan obviously do. I don't know. It's just, um, it sounds pretty scary, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, I want to acknowledge that paparazzi, you know, they have a history of harassing public figures. That's no secret. We've seen it, you know, be done to several celebrities and royals in the past. Um, You know, many people that we all recognize have dealt with that. And of course we, you know, of course want everyone to be safe and, and be able to go out and enjoy their time in a city or wherever they are um, and, and not be fearful of, you know, being attacked by paparazzi or put in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also acknowledge though that there are a lot of details um, that really just feel like they conflict with what they said. I mean, the statement that they released was really, really strong. You know, I mean, there were a lot of serious claims there. And it's it's odd to me that we see A-list celebrities in New York all the time. They're followed by paparazzi all the time. And we I don't think we've heard of a high speed chase like this in, in years, or I don't even know if we ever have in New York city. Um, I think we need to remember that it wasn't necessarily a high speed chase. It just said near catastrophic. So, I mean, I just don't think that it would be possible to have a high speed chase in New York city. Like again, if you've ever been in, you've been to New York city many times, you know, that that's not possible. Yeah. You know, and, and we also, you know, people have mentioned there are lots of cameras in the streets of New York. I don't know if we'll have any footage come out from that to help, you know, back up some of these claims. Um, I don't know, you know, if Backgrid was in agreement to be there ahead of time. They are an established agency. They have lots of photographers around that, that work and do shoots like this. Um, I've heard someone from their team speak before um, about their process and their their photographers. Um, so there's just a lot, you know, going on that, you know, again, the the security of Harry and Meghan, why were they, if they were driving recklessly and it wasn't, they weren't being chased, why that? But also, why did they let them out and get into a cab? Because that feels sort of dangerous, too. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on here, a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of things that don't seem to add up off the, you know, just in hearing this. And we may hopefully likely have more come out in the coming days. Oh, I'm sure. Still pretty, a pretty new developing story as we're recording this. So, um, you know, we'll update everyone as we hear more. But um, I, I feel like those are pretty harsh claims by their spokesperson, though, that, um I, I certainly hope that they're not exaggerated. Um, so we'll see if they make any follow-up statements about this. Oh, but- I mean, this is not over for sure. Like, I'm sure that this, I could totally see this ending up in court. So um, I'm sure that we will, this will not be, two days out will not be the end of it. Well, we'll definitely follow up with that. And we've got one more quick story before we close up this episode. We're going to do Royals Around the World now. So let's jump into this segment Like I said, we're going to keep it short. I just want to mention one story here, and and we'll include more in our next episode. But King Carl Gustav of Sweden celebrated his 77th birthday with 
da 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 a new balcony. Oh, <laughs> what a fun okay. birthday present. Okay. So the Royal Palace of Stockholm, or Stockholm Palace as it's sometimes referred to, was originally built in 1754. And there's an upper level that has double doors that really have just opened up to nothing for years and years and years. Apparently, the original plan for the palace was for the doors to lead out to a balcony, but it was never completed when the when the palace was built. So hmm. we've got some original architectural drawings of the building plans that do show a balcony in the in the drawings. And some people have come out and claimed that, you know, it's possible maybe at some point one existed, but then it was demolished along the way and we just don't know. But they also acknowledged that they don't really have any records ever proving that a balcony was constructed. So recently they decided to go ahead and complete the balcony in time for the King's birthday. And the Royal family will now be able to come out and be present on the balcony during big celebrations, mm -hmm. much like what we see at Buckingham palace. And they did for his birthday appear on the balcony together this year. So I thought that was a fun, nice story. And again, happy birthday. Yeah, um, look at that beautiful if, balcony. You included a photo of it. I actually I, kind of prefer this to Buckingham palace. So it's yeah, beautiful. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. What a, what a great birthday present. I like that. What, what do we call that? Like an awning or something like that. That's really, it's really beautiful. Gorgeous. Well, happy birthday to the King. Nothing like in a balcony for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what happens when you're King, I suppose. Well, anything else for the good of the order? Again, listeners will be back next week to chat about the coronation and our thoughts and break that down, but we didn't want to not include the news, the non-coronation news. So anything else for the good of the order before we wrap up? That's all I've got. Okay. Well, listeners, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast Royal. Thank you to all that already do. Email us at hellopodcastroyal at gmail.com. Please follow, rate, and review our podcast. We have a nice five-star review that we'll share next week with you. And thank you so much for tuning into episode 94 of Podcast Royal. Bye. Bye.